welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me this week to break down a frustrating draw in the Miami and looking forward to a big old matchup back at Highmark Stadium this Saturday, I got two good friends of mine. First off, uh, let's say hi to Yak. Yak, what's good, my man? Hey, Yost. Uh, the University of Miami is going to serve vanilla milkshakes with buffalo wings in it to their baseball games tomorrow. Is that something you'd want to eat? Okay, so the first question I have is which Miami, Ohio or Florida? Florida. Okay, and then what is it? Vanilla milkshakes with buffalo wings, ranch, and hot sauce. Like, oh, as Whole a side, or like wing. not, not like not like blended into the in milkshake. the cup, not blended, but in the cup. But in the cup. No, I don't want that. No, not all. What you is that something that appeals to you? I'd give it a fair try. All right. Uh, the third person to ask this question is our uh, our other good buddy, Logan. Logan, what's your thought on this uh, bizarre concoction? I think that gave me acid reflux when they said that, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, that's kind of my, my take on that. Yeah. That sounds horrific. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I got a question for you guys. You ready? Yes. Here we go. Here we go. So... I, I, this question came to mind because I'm known at, at work for asking like really bizarre questions of people, like icebreakers. Well, this, is, this has become your, um, this has become your, your stick on the podcast too, I believe. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. My, my modus operandi. Um, so one question I asked all of our interns last summer, and then we just got an intern the other day to start for this summer. So I asked them today if you had to fight any wild animal, and we're talking wrestling, the animal is trying to hurt you. No holds barred wrestling match. You have to pick any animal. It has to be over thirty pounds. What animal are you going with? Wait, are we fighting to the death? I mean, you're fighting to not die. And the and the animal is going to be engaged all the time. The, the animal will not be looking to run away. The, the animal is going to be definitely looking to be engaged in this. Oh yeah, it wants to kill you. Okay, but you can choose an animal that like wouldn't want to fight, right? Like my mine is a panda bear. I think tail of the tape. We're gonna go both both going about two fifty. I think that that uh, it'd be a pretty fair wrestling match. But if you piss the panda off, it will maul you. If you piss me off, I'll maul you. Mm, I don't believe that. Comparison to a panda bear. <laughs> no, but that's panda my, bear's floor that's is very pick. low, but panda bear's ceiling is extraordinarily high. Yeah, why? If you're uh, if no. the if the low the low end for for weight is thirty pounds, why the hell would you take something that's two hundred plus? I think it's a fair fight. I don't know. I feel like I'm I not here for a, a fair fight. I'm here to win. How heavy I mean, is an ostrich? Are they like 80 pounds oh or something? Oh god, that's even worse than a than a panda bear. I feel like ostriches like don't they pluck your eyes out or something crazy? I, if you if you grab it by the neck, I feel like it's it's kind of over. That's such a great grasping thing. It's a very big weakness. I know for, they're pretty quick. Don't they move at like 80 miles an hour? That's speed, not quickness. All right, fair, fair. Yeah, giving it, us a ninth grade science lesson over here. I feel like I'm, I'm going to say the obvious here, but why would you not take a 30-pound domesticated dog? Has to be wild. Be in wild. It can't be domesticated. Oh, it has to be wild. I missed that part. Um, I thought a wolf or a fox might be might be decent. They're not... I don't think foxes a, aren't particularly big. Yeah, a fox may not get you to 30 pounds, though. Mm. What's a dingo? <laughs> isn't that a kangaroo? But like, That's like I mean, a bird, isn't it? Is it thirty pounds? 
Dingo, wait, wait, we got it. 22 to 33. So a rather Possibly. big dingo. On the, it's like, not a bird, by the way. I thought it was a bird. It's like a fox, basically. Uh, it's it, it could get you up to 33 pounds if you get a you get a rather plump dingo. Yes. Okay. Without having any other knowledge and being put on the spot, I'm gonna go dingo. I mean, yeah. I asked our intern last year this, and he said a tuna fish out of water, and I was like, my fucking guy. Like, look at that fucking, <laughs> fuck, thinking outside the box right there. That was that was the answer. That is a good answer. That's the best. Yeah, that's the best answer I've heard so far. Where do you go, intern? There was a uh, now we're just gonna go completely off the rails to start this this show. There was a survey done both in the UK and here in America, asking adults how confident they were that they could fight various animals, ranging in, in size, all the way up to like hawks and and grizzly bears and stuff. And it was interesting that the the Americans were much more confident in their abilities to fight animals than uh, than the Brits. Even like the absurd, like the number of percentage of, of adult male that thought they could fight a grizzly bear was like, in, I mean, I don't have the number in for me, but it was absurdly high. You know what they say, there's winners and then there's people that use the metric system. This is true, but... Who do you know that says that? <laughs> <laughs> Who is they? <laughs> Show your homework. Well, that's... Um, a- anyone gonna uh, take this... Uh, Go down this, I also this path like, a like how you act like like where, like you're surprised. Like my job on this podcast isn't to derail it every time I'm on. No, I, there was a reason I asked you how you're doing second and not first. <laughs> but I like that, that Yak also brought a little bit to the to the conversation. It's good. Hey, we need to go down this path any further, or we need to need to eventually get away, uh, make our way to Ricardo Silva Stadium here. Uh, let's talk about the River Puppies. Okay, I, think I got it out of my system. Let's proceed. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Hounds this past Saturday go down to the Miami. <sighs> Come away with a 2-2 draw. Bring back a point on Southwest Airlines. I'm assuming Southwest. Um, let's just get right into it. Uh, anyone want to defend the PK? Was it an actual Paneka? That's what I want to know. Uh, the, the only Paneka I've seen live in a game, Emmanuel Reynoso pulled one off for Minnesota United last so it's actually halloween um and it was a very very like slow chip as a panic is supposed to be where the goalie moves and he is already on the ground as the ball is basically still in the air in flight uh this i don't even know if was that i don't know if it was i want to say it was kind of like he had two ideas in his mind and then they all just kind of just verged at the same time but i it, it seemed like it was like i said two types of of kicks combined like, if you wanted to Paneka, I feel like he did not sell it. Like, I feel like he, he did not commit to the to the jig 100% there uh, if that was what he was going for. Uh, also, maybe he was just trying to hope that, you know, Sparrow picked a side and, you know, I'll just kind of toss this one down the middle. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Just it was a, a rough PK. Not as rough as the El Paso one. I will say that. The El Paso was just a terrible take. I wouldn't really call Dixon there a terrible PK take. I just... Uh, I don't know. Head scratching, I guess. At the end of the day. Yeah, I, I, in my book, I chalked up to a a poorly taken Paneka. Uh, just it, it had a little little bit of a, of a arc to it, right down the middle. 
kind of a chip, but yeah, because he nothing in his run up made it. He didn't sell that he was you know looking to really blast one. He kind of approached it softly and and hit it softly. It just had too much pace. If you're going with the Paneka, it just had too much pace to fool anybody. The whole point of the Paneka is, you know, get him to commit and then throw that really soft lob in there. He hit it with a tad bit of pace to the point that it really didn't even didn't even have any like, you know, any arc to it or anything like that. It just it was I guess if like if you're going to say that was supposed to be a Paneka, then yes, terrible, terrible attempt. Because Again, I don't I don't think he's, he sold. He didn't sell it with the with the run up to the ball. I agree. He didn't with that. sell it enough because Sparrow did bite, but ha- was able to notice it in time that he was able to stand up within reason. I wish he just shot it, just right down the middle, even even if he was going to do something like that. But I think it, this must have been some kind of ploy to like get inside, get inside Sparrow's head a little bit, because Sparrow's probably one of Miami's best players, and if 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 he beats him like that, he he's mentally shaken at least for the rest of the game. That that might have been something he was looking for, but I wish he just took like a normal one. And um, Yost, I think you said this on the Discord during the game in the chat, and I agree with this. And this is my stance. Uh, from a PK standpoint, when you get up there taking a spot kick, no matter what goalie it is, best goalies in the world, world class. If you pick a corner and you hit it with pace. And even if you put a little bit of elevation on it, it's going to be from a standstill. Even if you, you know, it's going to be incredibly tough for a goalkeeper to get there. So my, uh, every time it's, you know, be confident, pick a side, hit it with pace, pick a corner, get some loft on it. You know, it's going to be incredibly tough for a goalkeeper to stop. And when you see people don't execute that, it's, it's rough to watch. Yeah. I mean, go through YouTube and try to try to find clips of, of goalies stopping PKs or, shot to a corner with any decent amount of, of velocity. And you're not going to find too many, um, but uh, you can find plenty of poorly hit balls and balls down the middle and balls that don't go into a corner. Uh, I think, yeah, if you you hit one in the corner, get a little bit on it, you're going to be successful. And I don't... It was a very un-Pittsburgh thing, too, in terms of, of being a little cute with it, you know? And if you would have told me, but if I didn't watch the game and you said someone had a failed Panaka PK, and we can go around and think it, some you didn't watch the game, someone tells you that happened to the Riverhounds, who you, who are you going to say tried it? I'm going to say Cicerone, 100. percent Oh, when you started asking the question and and you didn't specify it had to be a, a Hounds player, my first thought was going to be Romeo Parks. <laughs> fair, fair. Alan's player, I'd say Cicero. Dixon would never cross my mind. Dixon would be a business like, you know, a ninja go up there, like we said, hit it with pace to a corner. I would picture a guy that, that you know, likes the dramatic, that has the, the flash to it. Um, Alex Dixon would not come to mind with somebody to pull that. Pull that. You know who might have been really good for the PK? Silva, because he loves hitting it to the, to the edges. Hey, there it is. There it is. First one of the night. Uh, Yak, what, were, what are your kind of thoughts on this? On the PK, on who could on all on all things penalty kicks in the Hounds. This is kind of it's an open open ended discussion at this point. I'm glad Dixon took it. I wish he just shot it harder, even if it was down the middle. That's basically the extent of it. I, I think Dixon has been playing so well and is feeling himself right now 
that he has all the confidence to do just about anything at the spot, but I just wish he just shot it like a normal player. Do the Hounds have a, um, and maybe this is in, just in this day and age of soccer, this is just not a thing anymore. Do the Hounds have that that one guy? You know, some of these these European teams, um, Chelsea has, you know, uh, what's his name? Jorginho. Uh, you know, the couple of guys have, you know, you know, spot kick Mastros. Do the Hounds have their guy? Uh, you know, Cicerone going back last year, Cicerone took a lot. Um, it seems Dixon was kind of number number two, and who knows how Lily chose who took that kick Saturday night. But do you guys think that the Hounds have a, a 100% foul on the box? It goes to one person, or do you think that it's it's kind of a committee at this point? I I believe it's it's by committee. I don't. Again, we don't see enough enough attempts to, to really get a gauge of who you know especially this year because we've been we've been poor in the drawing fouls in the box department so was that their first pk of the year it was the first pk of the year first no pk way. given <laughs> no way really a yeah a couple conceded we've conceded yeah that was the first conceded one. three conceded yeah i was gonna say a handful at this point uh, the only reason I really know that for sure, because that was one of our preseason questions of will the Hounds get or uh, give or give more PKs. So I've been keeping track, and that was number one. So they are over. There I have here. So I'll, I w- would have thought it would have been. Uh, uh, I'm surprised Dan Kelly is not like a designated PK taker. Truthfully, you would think. I would like to see the statistics on USL career PKs for the top couple guys for the Hounds. See percentages. So we're going to find out if Shoes is listening to this podcast. We are. And then we'll find I, out yeah, if Shoes is going, to, is going to shoes. give us the uh, give us the time of day to actually do that research. I think Steve Steve Matisse listens. Steve, Steve is a big stats guy. Steve might look into that for us. Okay. Steve, if you're listening too, you can, um, you can either uh, not do that research you could do that research or you can join in us in berating shoes to do that research your choice so my question will be uh this week hounds get a f- or word of pk in the first let's say 15 20 minutes alex dixon's on the field is he taking it no i think that's just a, a lily mental thing uh i think cicerone takes it yeah does, does dixon get this kick uh, no, not anymore. All right. Um, Hounds are up a pair of goals late in the game. There was a foul in the box. Does Dixon get that kick? 100%. That's a, that is a Lily-like build confidence. That is a Bob Lilly special or anything. I, I don't think Dixon lacks confidence for anything. I would, I would, I would have to think of somebody else who like, needs, a, needs a positive goal in his tally or something. I would not, I would not think Dixon. Because the, the one I always go back to is the, the playoff win over Birmingham when they got their second PK awarded of the night. And that could have put um, that could have put Nico on, on a fiver, on a five-bagger. <laughs> and because uh, he had the first PK. Um, but then... Uh, uh, Gave it to the kid. Robbie, yeah. Yeah, Robbie Mertz. And then Mertz ends up taking it. And I was very surprised at that. Nico was a, 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 I don't even know what you call it. He almost had a five-bagger by himself. You count that, that first goal as they hit right. off the, the head of the defender. The second one was, yeah, the second one being the um, the young goal that if it wasn't him, the defender was probably hitting, hitting Nico. 
but so yeah, the 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 weird the weird follies of the hounds and and kicks from the mark. What can I say? Uh, guys, what are your, uh, I guess, before we get to what I think is the probably the more positive aspect of it, uh, the two goals against, can you put them both down to defensive breakdowns to a certain extent and not necessarily fantastic play from, from Miami, or, or am I uh, not giving, giving the boys from South Beach enough credit? No, defensive lapses. Uh, I think it's it's no secret. Uh, I did not think Shane Wheat was all that good last year. I still don't think he's all that great. Um, and my new Shane Wheat for 2022 is Arturo Adornos. I don't think he is very good. Uh, uh, that's a hot take, I know. That might rattle some cages there. But, that, is uh, a hot, that is a hot take. Bob Bobbled a few uh, first couple of weeks, gave him the wrote, wrote it up to pro debut jitters, but uh, he just he just gets beat flat footed way too much. But I don't think it was I don't think it was him that was at fault for either goal. I do think there there was a lot of talent in Miami and this is their offense by design, but it looked like Peters got beat on both goals. And I was a little bit surprised that he was the one who got the start here because we kind of been rotating defensemen the last couple of weeks. Um, I would have thought for sure that this might have been the game he sat because he's really big and he's not the fastest guy out there. I thought he would have got toasted. And for one goal, he absolutely got toasted at midfield. And the other goal, it looked like he got outheaded by a guy much shorter than him. Yeah, the second one, because the first one was off the corner. And then the second was was the more open play one, and Peters definitely got got burned on that one. I didn't really, I never saw a good look at the at the first one to. I didn't really come away with a a judgment on on how that that goal went in, except it, it was ugly. Excuse me, Miami's not a tall team up front, and and that was that's like probably the one reason why Peters would be would have had a, a very solid game at, at defense is because he could clear it out on these, these set pieces in a crowded box. And he, that was not the first time though, or I'm sorry, that was not the only time where it seemed like he lost his man or let somebody out head him from a shorter position. Uh, but that was the one that resulted in a goal. Hmm. Is this a team that's just not built to defend against speed? Is it, is it maybe just that simple? I do think we have a uh, a shockingly uh, difficult time keeping track of of marks uh, of keeping of keeping track of, of 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 guys running running in the box um, on on set pieces. I don't know if that's the system or like if it's by design and they're supposed to play like a like a zone type thing and they're letting guys go or if they're just have or if they're just straight up losing track of their guys. Fair. Logan, any any thoughts on that? I, bad, I was bad, actually in, in bad that, run or just bad against against speed. I was. I'll go back to our, our last point because I had to watch both goals again. Um, so Yak and I were Yak was right on, on both accounts. Um, the ball played in on the second goal was yeah one hundred percent. Jelani Peters caught flat footed, and then where I was getting the Arturo Donias was the rebound, which uh, probably shouldn't happen. Silva should probably suck that in, um, but leaving the guy unmarked in the box to, to tap one in. 
so I knew that Ordonia's made me mad at some point, and I wanted to make sure it was it was justified before I roasted him on this podcast. So I had to go back to make sure that I had a clip of him uh, losing his man. So now that, that that's over, but uh, what was your question? Yes, I'm sorry. Just is this is are the hounds not built to to defend against speed that much, or is it just a, mm-hmm. kind of a bad run of form at the moment? I just think that they can't find enough. Lily is rotating the the. 11 too much to have any sort of cohesiveness i just think that it's guys playing with new guys every week guys playing you know different you saw about the goalie you know is it gonna be jamali wait is it gonna be kevin silva who knows what the hell's wrong you know what's going on with chase fostick i just think there's so much up in the air and these guys don't know who they're gonna play next to until you know 24 hours before the game um i think that's the the biggest problem right now there's no no chemistry, no cohesiveness, um, just because of all the, the the hounds start to to really click. Um, I think they'll defend against anybody in the league. Hmm. So we will turn it to the to the the more positive side. And gentlemen, I'm going to throw out I'll throw out my thesis, and you guys can either support it or refute it as as you feel needed here. And my statement is that the Hounds have been playing more out of the back this year than previously under Bob. And for the most part, it has not gone too well. Uh, See Louisville City. See Cincinnati, I believe. Would both be taken uh, playing out of the back poorly. And for the first half of this game, it wasn't going too well also. There was a lot of pressure on the ball immediately coming out of the box, and it wasn't handled well either with turnovers in the midfield or end up playing the ball uh, out of touch. Do you think that's a a Hounds problem, though, or do you think that is just they've done that so often lately that that's the first thing coaches pick up on, and they're like, hey, heavy, heavy pressure when they're getting the ball at the back? Possibly. But then the second half came, and all of a sudden, playing out of the back was going well, and it became the backbone to the Hounds absolutely dominating that second half. If if there was the inverse of when playing it out of the back goes wrong, the, the Hounds' goal, the second goal, would have been featured prominently on when playing it out of the back goes well. Uh, the clip that they throw up on, on social media... I, and I threw it out there on our Twitter account. If they would show the f- another seven seconds before that, you would see how playing it around in the back opened up the space to get the ball up and then over to the left-hand side that led to the goal. Um, and from there on out, it was, hey, this could actually work for the guys. And maybe there is some validation that you know they've been working on this and it's not paid off for a while. And maybe we saw in the second half that it started to click. So my thesis is, may not thesis, may not be the right phrase, but my thought being is, have we seen the Hounds turn the corner on this commitment to playing out of the back, and will it pay dividends going forward? I haven't noticed an increase in playing it out the back or not. I don't rate our corner center backs particularly highly on their passing ability so it would be nice 
if they kept it to a minimum. But if you see something and you're liking it, go for it. But I think our ability to win aerial balls is is uh, is pretty high for the league. And I, because I just don't particularly like our defenders with the ball that much, I wish we would do it less. Logan, thoughts? I agree with that. I think Yak had a couple had a had a bunch of good points in there. Um, I think the Hounds they generate their best chances from the midfield. Um, Danny Griffin's played some absolutely beautiful balls in uh, that have led to goals or chances this year. Uh, the only defender that's really you know moved the ball I think well up the field. DeSantos has done a pretty good job, but Danny Rivera is really the only one that that I trust moving the ball up the field until it gets into that midfield. So yeah, I, I think I don't think I have an opinion as to your question, Yost, but um, I don't know. It seems like it's it's biting them on the in the butt more than it's helping them at this point. I will I will challenge you two to to play pay closer attention to it. I'll challenge everyone to pay close attention to it because I to me it's been startling how much how much more they've been playing. I'll, I'll agree. Twenty. I, I I don't know. Twenty twenty. Obviously, you know it's, it's tough to judge anything that year. Twenty twenty one. I'm not sure. Uh, twenty nineteen. I feel like they. They played the long ball just because Morton is probably has the best leg for a keeper in the USL. Um, so I, w- I will agree with you there. Definitely more out of the back now than in 2019, but I think that was more Morton had just a gigantic leg um, and they used it to their advantage. I'm not, I can't even honestly remember um, how much they, they use the long ball at Yellow out of the back, but um, that's one thing that, that stands out. Yes. So uh, looking Towards the, our kind of final thoughts on on this match, put uh, put a little bow on it. Yak, what uh, what do you want to say to to wrap up our time in uh, in uh, not in but on the campus of FIU for 2021, 2022. It's 2022. Do you know that? Uh, I'm really glad we looked so good in the second half, given the late start, uh, and I'm very pleased that we were able to just get out of there in one piece because I did not want to have to fly all the way back to Miami again like last year. Logan, take us home. I can't imagine FIU is that far from Coral Gables, so keep an eye on uh, vanilla buffalo chicken with milkshakes next year. Beautiful little tie in there. <laughs> if we go... So, when for everyone listening, when if you're Ever want to go down to a match at uh, at Miami? The play is to fly down to Fort Lauderdale, uh, which is much cheaper than than Miami. But then it's only and, a, and you got to be a real yinzer and fly out of Latrobe Airport too. You got to really do the whole whole Spirit Airline experience. So I I did not do that. I I flew out of uh, PIT like a although I have flown out of uh, Arnold Palmer once before to go cross country, but go down there. Go to Fort Lauderdale. Drive the forty minutes to Miami, save save a good number, a uh, good amount of cash on that, uh, and then hang out at this pool hall right across from from the campus of FIU, and and then go to the match because there's really in that part of town there wasn't that much going on, and the campus was absolutely dead at that time. So uh, definitely make other plans for earlier in the day and. Uh, don't expect on doing too much pre-gaming in and around uh, FIU. Unless there's something you remember stumbling upon, Yak, when you're down there. No. The one thing we did was that, that pool hall, and that was it. There was yeah. not much going on within. And I'm not, I don't think we could walk there. It was like a 15- or 20-minute walk. 
what from the from the pool hall to the stadium to the stadium yeah we did the walk but it wasn't fun and that's the only thing like remotely close if i recall yeah it was kind of disappointing that uh you're thinking down miami around a college campus you'd find some good times but not to be but not uh not a problem for another year maybe more than a year at this point unless something crazy happens in the postseason but that now takes us uh to 12 games in on the season for the hounds and they currently sit in uh after recording we're recording this thursday uh, a little bit later than normal but there's been a couple midweek games that go into play there but the hounds sit fourth right now on 23 points playing 12 matches uh, Tampa Bay, who uh, had a dropped a couple of points uh, last night, played one more game and they're three points behind. And now we have to look to this weekend at Highmark Stadium with Detroit City coming to town. They currently sit third, uh, equal number of games played as the Hounds, one more point, uh, two goals better on the goal differential, and Detroit will be the first team that the Hounds uh, finish their you know seeing them home and away. So it'll be our first time seeing a team for the second time this year. Bring it on to the friendly confines of Highmark Stadium. Logan, what uh, what are you looking forward to this Saturday? Uh, I think it's going to be wild. Hopefully, um, let's look at the, the forecast here real quick. Slight delay. So Saturday, 72 and sunny. So absolutely gorgeous weather. Um, I know that the Hounds are probably going to try to pull their new strategy of uh, giving away a good deal of tickets and uh, hoping to earn some money back on on beer and, and food and merch. Um, so let's get it packed. Uh, you know, let's get allowed no excuse to not be down there. Penguins are done. Weather's great. Uh, all the graduate graduation season's over. So um, just a, a full house. Um, interested to see. You know, you get to pull out some chance we don't get to use very often. Hopefully, you know, the Hounds get it done and we get the, you know, long, long way just to lose and all that stuff. So um, just, you know, hope it's going to be, you know, a good match. Hounds take care of business. Uh, super excited. Would love to send Detroit home. Unhappy. Yeah. What are your thoughts right now? Now that we're, I don't know, 48-ish hours, a little under 40 hours away from, from kickoff. I am decidedly like less pissed off and, and like less uh, like uh, aggressive that with this game coming up than I thought I would be a couple months ago. Um, it, it feels more like a regular game than I thought it would. Um, so I, I also hope that Highmark brings a big crowd and the tailgate is buzzing early. The beer's flowing, the, frisbees and soccers and footballs are flowing and you know just a just a good time front to back and then three points at the end in a hopefully demolition of detroit so detroit's been a little interesting in the the few months since the hounds played them up in michigan um the roster is still a bit thin they've had a, a couple matches lately where they've not put they've not filled out their bench to get them to 18 players. There's There was one couple weeks ago they had five on the bench. Last the time after that, they had six on the bench. Uh, they did not play this past weekend, so they're going to be they're gonna be well-rested. Um, 
this would almost certainly be taken the wrong way, but let's just you know throw out there. I a lot of their production is coming from from you know Rodriguez and Hopano. Uh, their keeper Stein Washer or something like that. Stein Washer. Stein Washer uh, is playing out of his mind, and then he can, a lot a lot of it's is at least to me kind of the, the production and the you know the players you have to, to be worried about kind of drop off quickly after that. Um, am I not giving enough credit to Detroit in totality, or or is is that the uh, is that really the game plan? Beat the keeper and and watch their couple of dangerous dangerous pieces, um, with with the hope of flow and and Maxi Rodriguez. I mean, the ads really looked good for. I don't know when was when did Danny uh, take the the PK uh, in Detroit for however many minutes that was. They looked they looked good, uh, control possession, and then you know just unfortunately you know a moment of of uh, you know rash rash decisions by Danny sticking his foot out and, and taking the the trip. But um, it's I think it's good that we've already seen them. Uh, you don't have that. You know, oh, you know, they're they're beating teams left and right coming to Pittsburgh. We already seen, you know, Bob has, has obviously seen them a bunch on film and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I don't think they have a lot of weapons. I know going into the season, I think everybody was like, man, this is a, a Nisa team playing in the second division. They're going to get crushed. Um, I think they've held on. They've held their own. But I think that only gets worse as the season goes on. I, I think you can only string it together. I mean, you have guys taking their honeymoon in the middle of the season. I mean, that's that's not that's not second division stuff. So, I don't know. You, it, they can only hold on for so long, um, and I, I think they're going to start to start to slip here as the summer gets hotter. Yak, what's your what's your scout report on Detroit? Two months removed from from being up there. I agree with both of your points. Uh, Detroit is a little bit thin. You got all of their big names. Hopano is their biggest offensive threat. Maxi Rodriguez is. Basically, they're Danny Griffin. Um, Nathan Schweinsteiger, Stein Washer, is one of the best goalkeepers in the conference, and he's definitely do, pulling his weight and keeping Detroit afloat. And, he, um, and he's also played – he's played every minute. So He has played every single minute, which is – Very reliant on him. Not unique, but there's not too many teams that haven't subbed their goalie out once. I mean, even in the, cup, even in the cup games. Was he, also him. He, yeah, the backup has not seen a minute this season. Um, the problem with using underlying numbers too much when it comes to soccer, as opposed to like hockey or especially baseball, is there's not enough games to kind of even out the weirdness. But Detroit is scoring a lot more goals than is expected, and they're saving a lot more goals than should be expected. At some point, the combo of them being perhaps pretty thin with the roster, as well as just the natural pace of the games they tend to play is at some point, I think going to bite them, but so far through a third of the year, it hasn't. Um, so I, I, it's a similar thing to last week. Miami's goalie Sparrow is really good. And the hounds had to get to him a lot and they peppered him in the second half and they managed to come away with two goals and, a, and get a draw. It's probably going to be a similar thing. They're going to have to send a lot towards Detroit. Um, on the defensive end and just try to bop the ball around um, and get, get good looks frequently. Um, it's it's going to be tough, but, you know, 
we should beat these guys. And that, if you need a reason to to fuel the fire, Antoine Hopeno started his career for his first four years. He played professionally at Penn FC. I think it gets worse than that. He played for like Cincy and Louisville too, right? Cincy, Louisville, Tampa Bay, Reno, Philly Union. Yeah, he, he's made the tour recently. He, yeah, he, he started made off the tour of basically every team that could possibly piss us off. Yeah, We've but seen he started off. Like he started as a shitty Islander, and he's 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 done the the tour of of USL since then. Um, but your point there, yeah, kind of leads into to my question. After the game in Detroit, the feeling amongst a lot of us, if not all of us, was some form of a draw in Detroit, okay, cannot wait for these guys to have to come down here feeling really confident playing Detroit at Highmark Stadium. Since that game up there, in all competitions, Detroit has gone... Eight, one, and three, counting the Louisville, um, the Louisville Cup game as, as a draw because it went to PKs. Their only loss being at Tulsa, three uh, one back in the the first weekend in May. So going back to that thought a couple twelve months ago, really want to see Detroit in Pittsburgh, feeling great about it. Would either of you want to walk that statement back now, given what Detroit's done since then? Walk it back a, a pace or two. I've, I think it's still going to be. I think we should still expect to win, but I now think that the draw in Detroit looks much better in hindsight, um, and this is much less of a sure thing. Logan, still, still, Ryan, that can't wait for them to come to Pittsburgh. We'll take care of business. No, I agree with you. I think after their their recent run of results, you have to have to respect them a little bit. Um, unfortunately, but I still stick by what I said. I think they're going to fizzle off. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, full prediction time. Can we get the alert? Uh, I don't think they make the playoffs. I'm going to say they, they skid uh, and, and they, they fall out of, out of the playoffs. I, I just think they're, they're running thin, super thin right now. Um, we all know, you know, what 34 games does to a team. I just, I, I don't know. Um, I think they fall out of the playoffs, but I agree with Yak. Uh, obviously, I think when it happened, we were all a little bit pissed taking a point out of there. I think we should get three, but seeing how you know uh, how they've handled themselves this first two months, I think it was a good result. Um, that being said, right now, coming home, you know, good weather, you know, hopefully, you know, pound straw, you know, 5K strong. Um, if that's the case, uh, anything less than three is going to be massively disappointing. I do have hope because if you recall, I think Logan mentioned earlier, it was a tale of two halves. We kind of moved on from that BS. We, we haven't had this instance where the team looks significantly better or worse in the first or second half. It's been much more consistent through the, through the uh, last couple of weeks. Um, so I, I don't think this, this tailspin of a drop off in the second half, like we saw in Detroit on, on week three, uh, I don't think that's going to be too much of a worry this time around. But see, I would disagree and say this past week we saw a, a tale of two halves with the Hounds being vastly better in the second than the first. I think Miami bunkered down in the in the second half more than anything. I think we kind of looked. I think we looked kind of the same for the most part. We 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 looked better the second half, um, but I think Miami would just just had nothing left or or was just unwilling to push forward more so than we changed anything too too much. Detroit's got an interesting month of June coming up here. Um, 
at Pittsburgh this week. And they're all Saturdays. Saturday, 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 Saturday. At Pittsburgh, home against Sacramento, home against El Paso, at the baseball field in Memphis. Not the easiest of, of months. So we'll steal, steal a bit from someone else here. I'll set the line at eight and a half points in the month of June. Yak, over, under. For Detroit? For Detroit. Um, well, I, I think they're going to lose on Saturday. So, so they're down the That's nine. already down to nine, so I'd go under. Okay. Yo, uh, Logan? Uh, I'm going to say they don't win any of those games. So I, I'll put them, put them at two, three points. I'll give them a couple draws. I don't think they're going to win any of those games. <sighs> I mean, if Memphis they're not, if, if they're not making Memphis, the playoffs, they got to slide in here eventually. Yeah, Memphis. Memphis, I don't know. Those those guys are, are burning up. I need to go back and listen to our preview show because I, I am like pretty sure I, I hammered Memphis being good this year pretty hard. Um, or I could have been the exact opposite. I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm quickly trying to go through my paperwork to see if I have it here. You can you can you can throw that one away. Memphis is is, is just absolutely playing great soccer, red hot. But two West Coast teams. I don't know. A couple West Coast teams. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna count El Paso as West Coast. Coming over, playing in God, I hate giving these people any sort of victory. One of the tougher environments to play in the USL. I don't know. Maybe they just gotta win. Yeah, the Hounds got got real I mean, maybe lucky's not the great the best word, but they got fortunate just starting off in Memphis um before they oh, yeah. they got their yeah. legs underneath them and then obviously the red card helped tremendously as well. But alas. That was their only loss for a large duration of the year. And they only have two now. Thank you, schedule makers. Thank you. I mean, you can't even say that the red card was, was we got lucky with it. I mean, that was a fully deserved red. So, um, I mean, they, they earned that. They earned that loss completely that night. But I did not know that they lost to Chattanooga FC in the Open Cup. They did. That is, wow, that is incredibly interesting for as well as they played. If well, I remember, remember correctly, I mean, that it was full on uh, squad rotation times for them. Interesting. Chattanooga also looked a lot better, if I recall. It, it, some of the Open Cup results, in, in, in hindsight, just look so whack. It was amazing. Chattanooga just beat the hell out of Memphis that night the way they did. So the other part of uh, of Saturday is this will be the first time in, in quite some, some time that we're going to see actual legitimate uh, away support in the stands. Uh, excited for it, not excited for it, happy to have some sort of uh, normalcy back in in the stands, or what's your, your general thoughts on, on Detroit bringing, as we're hearing probably somewhere in the, in the mid-upper 20s of people? Logan, excited, not excited? Fuck them. Where you at? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Detroit is such this like talked about uh, ghost at this point. I've never been up there. Um, I don't know. People say that they're all bark, no bite. I don't know. Um, I would prefer it to be a um, 2018 Cincinnati game. We played Cincy in that last game of the season. Their fans came to the parking lot. They stayed in their section. We stayed in our section. Like They marched and chanted in. We marched and chanted in. We stood in separate sections of the game. Good game. Um, I would prefer it to go a lot like that. 
Um, I don't want any sort of co-mingling or anything like that. Not that I think NGS is down for that, but um, I don't want to do, I don't want them to get any security measures, any escort or anything like that. I don't want them to get anything to make them feel like they're more special than anybody else um, or that they, they incite fear in people or anything like that. I don't want to give them a yard at all. Yak, what's your thoughts on uh, on potential crowd goings on this Saturday? Uh, I'm gonna be a little bit amped because it's been a while since we've had competition. Uh, I I have a feeling I'm probably going to both be asked and or want to be capo, and it's always a little bit uh, gets me a little bit more fired up whenever there's uh, a team in the section next to us. Um, on top of that, I'm guilty. Uh, Whenever we have uh, enemies come to town, I do like mingling with the Louisville people, the indie people uh, back in the day, Cincy and Nashville. Um, I just like I just like hanging out with people who made the trip from their respective cities. Um, and maybe my mood changes between now and then, but I'm not in the mood for that at all coming on Saturday. So I'm going to hope it stays the same. They'll probably they're probably going to show up early. And I hope they hang out in their corner, and I hope we hang out in our corner, and that is it. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to have to deal with it. I don't want to give them the time of day. Beautiful. Yeah, we will have to see. I mean, we all we have is a, a ballpark idea of numbers showing up. I'm not sure, you know, what time they're rolling in. I, mean, I would assume they most of them be just driving in that day. Where are you know. getting that number, if I may ask? Uh, so you said twenty something. So we have the um. We have the, the, the ticket link that the Hounds supplied to Detroit so they can buy the group <laughs> tickets. We may, yeah, we may or may not have the inside source. <laughs> so we, we in, when you click on that link, you can see how many tickets have been um, have been sold. So that's where we're pulling that number. Okay. Shout out, shout out I, Vesti. I feel like I'm just not going to be shocked in the least if it's a lot more than 20. I want to I get that out there. Yeah. I mean, you can, if they're going other means to, to grab tickets, whatever, but... Um, if they're going to be in the, in the, the section they should be in, then, uh, you know, we have an idea what the number is going to be. And if they're buying tickets in the, uh, in our area, then, uh, then, uh, things might get interesting. Do you think that where they put them in the 101, do you think they're in the very top of 101? Do you think they're buying? The no, top, top, top of 101. Top and yeah. they move down as the interest grows. But uh, looking at Ticketmaster, that section looks pretty much sold out so i don't know how much moving down they could do it would be a shame if we like knew a maintenance guy that could like fuck with them at some capacity be, if only we knew someone like that i just yeah rack my brain going through the the staff the directory at uh at Highmark stadium <laughs> i i did know a guy but i think he got fired <laughs> that was the rumor i heard that i heard that rumor yeah but i i actually outside of the center two sections uh, it, it looks like the grandstands are going to be pretty, pretty full. And if the weather is good as it is currently looking like it's going to be good, you they get a decent walk-up. Um, I mean, we could be looking at, at that packed house come Saturday, and that would be between the atmosphere and just the number of people there. And, again, this is this is 3v4, um, which – you're, you're fighting if you if you want to start looking that far down the line remember you know top four is going to guarantee you at least one pl- uh, one home playoff game so there's a a lot to 
you know, directly that's impacting uh, the season and some kind of indirectly impacting the season. So a lot of, a lot of storylines to, to follow along with on Saturday. And I am, it's been a while since I've been this excited for like Birmingham playoff game, obviously big, any opening day, big 4th of July, big, but I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm, you know, this one's a little bit circled a little bit more on the calendar than, than most. And there's a reason have, that a run of the moat regular season game does not feel like that. It's a good feeling. Yeah, it's good. That, I, it's good I, to have someone somewhat close. You know, it's it's gonna be more exciting than I was gonna say Atlanta too, but obviously, you know, there's five thousand people for that game. But so we'll say more exciting than uh, than sugar free coming to town. I'm on Ticketmaster right now. We are we're looking. We might be under a hundred blue dots, guys. Uh, grandstand wise, Riverside's got some work to do. Uh, supporter sections grayed out. Freestanding's grayed out. But grandstand, we're looking at. at Maybe less than a hundred blue dots. Um, so, with you had walk-ups in, all that good stuff. I, I think we're uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna be jammed in there on Saturday. Gonna be sound like anybody's listening to this and is afraid of like walking up and they're gonna be sold out tickets. We don't they believe in codes. Please go they, buy a yes, ticket. Yeah, Tuffy will will we'll pay the will pay the fine. Yeah, there, no one will ever be denied entry to a game at Highmark Stadium. I can almost guarantee you that, and certainly not. You know, if if the Hounds made the Open Cup final and were hosting, maybe they would have to cut off sales at some point. But barring that, it's not happening. I don't know. They would have a two hundred fifty thousand dollars hosting fee. They'd have to make up. Oh, they they, they probably end up being fairly pricey tickets, but <laughs> it happens. But yeah, just, standing room only is everywhere. Be beautiful, if only. Guys, any, any final thoughts on on Detroit before we uh, before we move on to uh, to other business around here? Nope. Two nothing. Right. Two, no, two nothing. Interesting. Oh, th- okay. Interesting. Throw out uh, throwing out the unsolicited um, prediction. Fair yeah. enough. Oh, I'll t- I'll tell that. I'll tell two. I'll tell two nil. Okay. Uh. Now it comes to the everyone's uh, favorite part of the show where we do our Wednesday night bets, but we're doing this on a Thursday, and, and the Thursday game was played at 5 o'clock. Uh, actually kind of a fun little game there between Sugar Free and, and uh, St. Diego. Played at Red Bulls Arena, which was weird, but eh, whatever. So it, uh, it's, it's almost, this is kind of like uh, when you get to the end of the NFL season, and it's like, this is a special Sunday night showing of Thursday night football type deal. So it's... It is our Wednesday night bets on a Thursday to get ready for the game on Friday. Does that make sense, everyone? Just say yes. Yes, I thought I thought you were talking to our millions of viewers. No, no that makes sense to me. No, no, just throwing it out there into the ether. Uh, the game in question uh, for the USL slate is uh, Vegas at Colorado Springs. I'll kick it off. I am taking Colorado Springs to win with both teams to score. Two units at plus 200. Yak, what you got? There's a lot of pressure on me this week because I feel like I'm running pretty hot. But every time we bet on games that already happened by the time the podcast comes out, whereas this game will not happen by the time you have a chance to listen. So I'm really under fire. I'm going to go under two and a half goals, which is plus 125. And then I think Vegas will get a result which is plus 190. In addition, 
I believe Golden State will cover three and a half points tonight uh, in game one of the NBA Finals. <sighs> throwing out, throwing out basketball. What do you say? That line's three. I don't know anything about the NBA. Three and a half. Are they? Is it? Is, or is this the West Finals? Or are we? Uh, this, this is the, this is the this big is guy. The finals. This is the uh, playing for the old Larry O'Brien, I believe. Granddaddy of them all. Mm. Logan, what do you got for us? Uh, see, uh, partial. Yeah, I'm going to take Vegas get a result. Vegas double chance plus one ninety. Danny Trejo, baby. Yeah, back from injury. Time to time to see if he starts scoring some more. Uh, quickly checking here. Storino doing his classic. Um, oh, he's all switchbacks. Okay, he d- he didn't give us prices on this, but we'll throw it out there right now. Uh, switchbacks. Uh, switchbacks first score. What, uh, I, don't know if that's, I don't know if they give anybody will give you USL markets on to score the first goal. Yeah, too late now. Switchbacks uh, win the first half. Switchbacks to win. Unit each. Is, that, is, is he parlaying those? Oh, no, one each. No, no. So we'll see. And then Vesti has been MIA all day. Miss you, Vesti. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four one out. Man, he's opting out this week. Taking a week off. Hey. Giving the rest of us a chance to catch up. Happens to the best of us. Well, guys, getting to the uh, getting to the the end of the show here. Uh, you know what that means. Um, what did we learn tonight? Who wants to kick us off? Uh, in doing some analysis, some pre-show prep, uh, I finally figured out how to figure out uh, John from USL Tactics' giant ass spreadsheet, of which I get. I am now going to get all of my data from from now until the end of time. So what, what, thank you at USL Tactics. What didn't you understand? Um, this this particular URL that I'm staring at right now has like has every statistic for the team when it comes to like expected goals and and sh- shots per game, and it's it's nice and cleaner than USL's website. They also have it broken down by player, which is just incredible for trying to scout who's good on the other team. Shout out to John from USL Tactics. USL Tactics. Um, if you have not looked at any, any of his stuff, the, the amount of, of data and knowledge he throws out there, uh, por favor, is it's fucking absurd, is what it is. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad that I think he gets paid for this now via the Rowdies, because this is an incredible amount of stuff. No, no, he's not with them. He was no? last year. He was with them last year. He was like I a, thought he was. I thought he, he got picked up this year. Oh, if he got, if he did, I didn't hear about that. If he did, good on him. I know he was kind of like doing an intern type thing last year, but if he's if he's getting getting a little bank now, good for him. Oh, he's with the Republic. Ah. Oh, I did, totally missed that. Good for him. But again, check out his stuff at USL Tactics. It's um. Uh, it's it. When I see his stuff, I, I'm amazed that this league is at a point now where people are, are putting that type of effort in to, to mine and uh, share this type of data uh, for, for such a garage league. Logan, what did you learn this week? Nothing. I am I'm the king of all <laughs> ultimate knowledge. Uh, no. Uh, the milkshake thing still has me a little bit shook. What the, so what? Why you? Sh- I mean, because you're willing to do it, so it's not that. Shit. I never said I would do it. I said I'm willing get, to do it. Gave me acid reflux. I don't oh, know. Oh, uh, that's right. Ranch dressing and a vanilla milkshake. 
absolutely not. I still get skeeved out by Chick-fil-A's like lemonade and vanilla milkshake. Um, so I have a couple of things. Uh, not really what I learned. These are all just general announcements. Um, for anybody listening to the podcast, I was supposed to bring a keg uh, on Saturday. I dropped the, the keg on that one. Um, I don't have a car right now. Life's kind of hectic, so I do apologize. I was supposed to bring a keg. Not going to happen. Oh, I'm going to try make the keg. I'm going to try make it happen. I think I think Danielle is going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Danielle is is a very good friend. Yeah, can you talk about yourself making this happen? Uh, people in my circle, but all right, I'm not. I'm not in the. Yeah, well, Jake, Jake, Jake did mention that, that you had somebody in your in your circle that could make it happen. Um, we'll, we'll definitely pay so, for it. So there's a chance there happen. might be two kegs now, or am I am I off the hook for having to get the keg? We're, we're gonna we're gonna discuss off pod, I think. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to discuss that. Discuss that off pod. Uh, if there is a keg, ignore everything I just said. Uh, if there's not, you can blame me. Um, secondly, I am looking for a ride to the game on Saturday because I don't have a car at the moment. Uh, so anybody in the North Hills, if you want to pick up. Um, a slightly pudgy but can make you laugh uh, 20-something-year-old, uh, feel free to give me a ride to the game on Saturday, and preferably home. So that's where I am right now. So that's all I have to say. All right. We'll see if we can uh, find that ride for you. I learned about this milkshake, and that's, that is – I mean, that doesn't even sound remotely remotely good at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, let's let's recover. Uh, go over some some Steel Army news. Game this week, as you heard, pizza, possibly anywhere between zero to two kegs will be there. Um, pizza's rolling in at four, so if you like your your pizza um, at its peak warmth and gooiness, be there at four. Uh, show up there after if uh, if you like like it a little cooler. Um. The week after, Hounds are going to be at the Charleston Battery, da 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 da, and we're going to be kicking it at Bulldog Pub for a good old-fashioned Old Guard Shield matchup. Um, it is the start of Pride Month in our Pride Razor. Uh, Shoes was on last week, giving you the full rundown. We'll have the link uh, in the show notes. Already got a lot of people who've who've uh, committed to pledging uh, some some bucks every goal. Always want to make that number get a little bit higher, get it uh, above last year's number, which I think off the top of my head was two forty ish or so a goal. See if we can we can do better this year. Uh, the 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 pronouns merch was re- uh, revealed the other day. Got a lot of attention uh, online, so people are excited about that. We'll have the link for you to be able to pick up that stuff as well. And then we are looking to do the the old bus trip again. Um, away to Loudoun. And I don't have the date right in front of me. but It's the Sunday it's of Labor, Labor day. day. Sunday of Labor Day. There it is. So it's going to be that day. So uh, what we are looking to do is... Uh, one of our, our members has a CDL, has an in on, on getting getting a bus. Um, we're just trying to gauge where the interest level is on on doing a bus, uh, how much people would be willing to, to lay out the, to make it happen. And if we can make the numbers work, I'm sure the uh, what we have been talking about, even if we run it at a loss, that's not going to be a problem. But uh, we want to do the old school bus trip again, um, out the Loudon and back. So same day. So no worry about a about a hotel. But uh, we'll get the link out here either on social media or 
somewhere soon so you can at least we can get a gauge if people are looking and willing to do do uh Loudon to a bus or Loudon on a bus on a on a three day weekend. Guys, thoughts on that? Let's do it. No sleep till Loudon. Please sleep before Loudon is four months away. <laughs> I don't know. I only got three hours bus sleep driver. last night and I was big on the nap today, so I will get bus, lots of sleep. Dri- the our our source for our our man with us is bus driver Dave. You know bus driver Dave and he's very excited to go, so I hope it happens. You know he's Buster Our Dave because he always throws out the um, he has the go go hounds go river hounds on the marquee on his bus and he, he throws that out there on on Twitter all the time and people people love that so that's Dave oh, yeah. and, and Dave is willing to drive the bus because that's what he does and that's pretty sweet. All right, guys, final thoughts oh, yeah. for we, uh, we close this bad boy out or should we just uh, carry it take it home? Take her home. I don't know what time of the day this pod gets released, but uh, if it's before noon, go do Tifo. Oh, you want you want to try to sell yes. Tifa real fast? Go for it. All right. Uh, on this day, June third, Friday at roughly noon until hopefully by two, but maybe three. Uh, Bulldog Pub in the neighborhood in Mor- uh, neighborhood of Morningside, in the north of Pittsburgh. We're painting a Tifo outside our home watch party bar. Uh, please go help. I know it's during the work week, but call for an hour if we just get like. Four or five hands. Uh, we could bang that out super quickly. Your boss won't even notice that you're gone. So uh, come help with Tifo. If it's June not third. done in time, if it's no. not done, here's what I would say. I'm going to be at a wedding at the National Aviary that evening. Bring it down there. Everyone's going to be hammered by you know 9 o'clock, and, and people will make mistakes and start painting Tifo in, in their suits and dresses. People who aren't even in the Steel Army, they'll just... They'll just They'll just be willing to do it, I imagine. I'm in. Cool. All right, we'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Yak and Logan, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.